Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Grant. Hello there, music fans. And George. Hello, music lovers. Each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we talk about how they discovered it, what makes it flawless for them and why they love it. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. You can find the link in our show notes. We announce in the group what albums we're covering and we encourage everyone to post in there because at the moment that's literally all that gets posted in there. Yeah. Uh, and of course, being a podcast, we have a Patreon, so as little as $1 a month, you can access our bonus episodes and get early access to our episodes as well. Link to that in the show notes. It's patreon.com slash flawless AMP. So today, this <gasps> evening, yes, we have a guest. Woohoo! Love would, a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? I would. My name is Asho, or Graham Ashton is my real name, and... Um, I've been involved in Brisbane music my whole life. I run a music company called Footstomp Music and um, left home and school at an early age singing punk bands. And yeah! Nice. Wow. George, George's life story there, yep. <laughs> and I'm still obsessed um, with music as much, if not more, than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my job and my vocation and my hobby and my passion. and Everything. Nice. I was stoked to be invited along to talk to you guys about a couple of my favourite records. Awesome. Nice. Um, so, where can people find out more about Footstomp and your company? Um, Footstompmusic.com mm-hmm. and all of the social media all stuff. Social media. I'll give my band a plug as well. Yes, please do. do. Yes. Okay. So, my latest band is called Gesticulations and we've released um, three albums in the last year. Right. So, you can find, Very prolific. find prolific stuff. Prolific is the prolific. word. Yeah. Yes. How long is each album? Ten songs. Ten songs. Yeah, so half an hour or so, half thirty-five hour, okay. minutes. Punk so song, nice. punk band, punk Not song. Not really, like okay. punk in spirit, yep. but musically very diverse. Like okay. Each album probably it does have one punk rock song on it. Yeah. But nice. And Asho, what what music? What instruments do you play? Guitar. I, I'm more. I like to think of myself as a punk poet. So oh. I um, write very the words yes. and. Um, kind of come up with the idea and then take it to much more talented people than me to, to <laughs> oh. turn them into songs. I'm thinking nice. Henry Gwollins, Jello Barafra, that kind of thing. Well, I'm Punk into poet. that kind of stuff for sure. Mm. Nice. That's, yeah. that's how I'm going to picture you from now on. <laughs> that makes me happy. I'll be I'll be stoked with that. <laughs> awesome. Now, actually, just sort of getting to that point, for I come from a place where you all finished school. So when you say you dropped out, you, fin- you finished school early. Yeah, and, and when I was 15. So same. actually lived under the Story Bridge. I, I left home really? and not under the bridge. I yes. lived in a flat <laughs> under, okay. the, under bridge the bridge that was um, 60 bucks a week in 1989. or eight, No, before that, it would have been mid-80s when I was just before I turned 16. Jeez, and um, was embraced by the local punk rock community. We were all skate punks yes. and mm. in and out of bands. There you go, skate punk. Okay, yeah, good. that fun. kind of stuff. And yeah. And music was a big part of it. Started my first band around that time. Yeah, like Liam wasn't wow. joking when you're talking my life story yeah. right now. <laughs> I, uh, I pretty much did the same. I started the bands at 13, but I like dropped out of school at 15 and then yeah. got up in an apartment in Brighton in the UK. And uh, yeah, was carried on playing music and getting involved in the music scene. Doesn't look like it's done us any harm. No, yeah, Absolutely. you still are. You're still alive and kicking, right? Yes. Yeah. I know. Cool. We, I've made it much further than anyone expected. <laughs> Cool. So, Asher, would you like to tell us what album you are nominating? I'm very excited to say I'm nominating Bright Eyes' album, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. We love you very, 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 very much. And then uh, he starts humming this little tune, and and uh, it kind of goes like this. It's kind of one, two, one, two, three, four. 
never telephone get eaten off the web Must rip out all the epilogues from the books that we have read Into the face of every criminal strapped firmly to a chair We must stare, we must stare, we must stare Nice, what an hour Very well done, fantastic stuff Not in, uh, punk, in maybe in sentiment, if definitely not music Yeah Although some of the music, I guess, yeah, some of the songs are a little bit aggressive But yeah Interesting choice. So tell us about mm. how you discovered Bright Eyes. Was this your first album that you discovered by then? Was I'd it... gotten into the one before, Lifted, which mm. has a really long title, but I think it's Lifted in yeah. 27 words in brackets yeah. or something. <laughs> and I really dug that album. And then I kind of was I was around the time when Uncut and Mojo were the Bibles. I think it was kind of, I don't remember it being a big social media internet time. I remember mm-hmm. reading that there was a new album coming or there were two albums coming at the same time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there was, if my memory serves me correctly, the single Lua mm-hmm. might have debuted at number one on the US charts or something crazy like that before the album came out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, in my mind, I had no idea that Bright Eyes was commercially popular. Like the sure. the, the album before was so weird and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so underground, but something must have happened in America mm. that that album was kind of going moving into the mainstream consciousness and then the new one sonically is a little bit more easier to cope with than the one prior. But um, yeah, and so it was around that time and I just remember it was probably one of one of those album of the month in Uncut magazine that I would go out and buy pretty mm. much religiously and yeah. wasn't let down at all. Did it, so did it grab you right from first listen? Right away you are like, yep, this is an amazing oh. album. Well, yeah, the first yeah, song on like this album is pretty much you're yeah. either yeah. in or you're not. <laughs> yeah. sure. it, it definitely, it, it throws it out there. And if mm-hmm. you're interested in in where the type of artists the Bright Eyes are, that song would certainly it'd either bring you in or turn you off. Yeah. It brought me right in. So. Nice. Cool. Well done. George. Hello. Had you heard of, I'm going to skip past, had you heard of Bright Eyes? Had you heard <laughs> this album before? Yes, I heard this album and yes, I bought it on uh, is it wow. January 25th, 2005 with a Digital Ash and a Digital Urn. I mm-hmm. bought both of them on the same day. Nice. Because they, so that was his sixth and seventh studio albums as Bright Eyes. Yeah. Um, so um, I had already heard Fevers and Mirrors from 2000 Mm -hmm. and the friend of mine had that on repeat and I was really into it but this was and I hadn't listened to the albums between I think there's three um so he's he is prolific yes um but um yeah I hadn't listened to that but I must have heard a single and went yeah I'm on board Mm -hmm. um so I went into HMV and I bought both albums on CD Compact, compact disc. disc. <laughs> I knew yeah. you were going to say that. Um, compact disc. I bought I mean, them both yeah. on CD. Um, and I listened to both of them. And Digital Ash and Digital Urn is great. But it's basically just an electro album with kind of Oberst over the top. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit jarring. Whereas I'm Wide Awake This Morning is exactly correct. Like from, <laughs> it's exactly correct. Yeah. It, yeah like, yeah. this is what his voice works over. So, yeah. Yeah, so I've heard it and um, I, yeah, it's been on my rotation since 2005. Nice. Wow. Did Bright Eyes make it to South Africa? And your mm. delicate ears. My delicate, <laughs> what's it, what is it, triple M ears? <laughs> no, I, I had never heard of Bright Eyes mm. before at all. Really? Yeah, um, nah. Not even, this is the first day of my life. That's, That's played at like every wedding. Yeah. 
it's like yeah, it's, but remember, I had bad experiences with weddings. Back yeah. Then. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I, I wouldn't. It hadn't heard that one. Okay. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't. Yeah, um, I'm not doesn't surprised. Ring a, that it ring a bell. Make yeah. its way to South Africa. And um, it's, it's not like it's been bright eyes generally has charted in Australia big time outside no. of maybe this and a, and a couple yeah. others. But yeah. yeah. Even when I looked through the essentials playlist, I'm just like, um, in prep for this, I don't recognize any yeah. of this at all. So, oh. no, hadn't cool. heard them at all. Fair enough. There you go. Awesome. Mm. So, as I said, sixth and seventh um, mm-hmm. albums released at the same time. Jeez. He was only 25 at the time. He released his first solo album when he was 13 years old. Another mm. one of these high achievers or underachievers. Absolutely. He was in um, uh, Commodore Venus with Tim Kasher from my favourites, mm. uh, Cursive, um, from '94 yeah. to '98. So we're talking. He was born in 1980, so '94 <laughs> to '98 makes him 14 to 18. And it also included Rob Nansel, who is now the president of Saddle Creek Records, which released this album and cursed by Kylie, the good life tokyo police club thermals mm-hmm. um and thermals. other such yeah. bands Heard of them? yep number one um, number one first number ever, one first ever episode yeah yeah so he's released stuff on his own he's released stuff with so many other bands um including um park ave with um neely jenkins and jamie williams from tilly and the wall and mm-hmm. if you've never heard of tilly and the wall their percussion is a tap dancer on a like a a microphone board so that's their percussion um, so they are the most hipster thing next to cursive who have a cello player mm-hmm. so subtle creek is a particular type of record label um and bright eyes fits perfectly on it and he, connor oberst was one of the founding members of this of saddle creek records um and for this uh, just before this album came out in 2004 Bright Eyes toured with Bruce Springsteen and R.E.M. for the political campaign Vote for Change tour. Mm-hmm. So that and that happened just before the album came out. So and who was that to replace Bush with Clinton? Bush with Obama? Or Clinton with in two thousand and four? Yeah, just asking. Yeah, I, I do not. Remember. Must have been into to get Obama in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably would have been. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, wow, date, eh? dates figure. So, uh, yeah, so, um, he was on that tour. Well, they were on that tour, so that's awesome. Um, and, yeah, so there's a Anyone lot to go me on. if I've heard of Bright Eyes before? Because I, I oh. have a story, but I didn't want to just jump in Oh, so sorry, it. Liam. I, was <laughs> I looked right at you and he I was did, like, oh, and he did look at you. And then George did look at you and George just jumped, her monologue. I just jumped straight into my, like, and, yeah, history. Yeah, 16 <laughs> pages of notes. What about poor Liam? What about poor Liam? Liam? yes. You have heard of Bright Eyes. I have heard of Bright Eyes. Have you heard this album? Are there any stories you could tell us yes. specifically around Bright Eyes? So sure. my mind goes back to 2005 when uh, Blues Fest, a well-known yeah. Blues and Roots Fest here in Australia, Even I is over the East, in Grand Rose. That one is over the Easter long weekend. And on they announced that playing on the Monday, so I can't do four-day festivals. I never could. It's too much. Yes. But... On the Monday, Gomez, Cake, and REM were all going to be playing. Never. And that's like three of my top five bands, and none of them I'd ever seen before. Oh, I'd seen Gomez before, but I hadn't seen the other two before at that point. REM played at Blues Fest. Blues Fest, yeah. Wow. They headlined the Monday night. They were basically the last big. That's huge. Thing. Cool. Um, so we went along to that, and I saw Bright Eyes because they played the Monday as well, and that was the first time I'd seen them or known anything about them. And they played, they finished with Road to Joy. 
which nice. is just perfect. And then the next night, they supported REM yeah. at the gig what at the entertainment centre. So REM played the full set, but Bright Eyes played again. And then that night, they played a Landlocked Blues. And between those two songs, I was like, well, I'm all in. I don't care what the rest of the album sound like. So I went and bought both albums, the folk one and the electronic one. And I had the same George. I'm like, the electronic one's good, but it's not. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't vibe with me as much. But mm-hmm. the folk one is just like, this is amazing. And I love it. Awesome. But if I want to hear Connor doing non-folk stuff, I listen to Desparachidos, who I've never been able to know how to pronounce. Desparachidos. Desparachidos, which is basically nice. this ultra-punk band sort of thing. Yeah, cool. and they're still running. Yes, yeah, they, they put albums out. I mean, all the, I, I don't think any of his bands ever break up. He just goes yeah. and does music with somebody okay. else for a little while, and then he comes yeah. back and does music with someone. Like, he's doing solo albums. So his album with Phoebe Bridges, not last year, but the year before, was like one of my favorite albums of the year. He just finds people to work with that he likes working with and puts stuff out. And it's, yeah, That's really cool. cool. So Asho, have you ever seen Bright Eyes live? I have. The, the <laughs> most, I'd seen the band a couple of times, and my, but my most memorable moment was um, Conor Ober's solo at the Sydney Opera House. Jeez. And he had a grand Whoa. piano and that was it. And he had a harmonica roadie and I've never seen anything like that before. And anyway, the harmonica roadie, there was a, it looked like a fishbowl, a big mm-hmm. bowl with some kind of solution, liquid solution in it. And in between each song, he would pick a harmonica out in a different nah, key nice. and throw it to Connor oh. <laughs> and he'd catch it. And it was part of the show. And that was it, literally grand piano, vocal, and the dude with the harmonicas. And anyway, it came, the last song was at the, the first song off the album at the bottom of everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. So big moment. And he threw him the harmonica. He went to blow on the harmonica and it was the wrong one. Oh. And he pegged it back at him. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I do remember that very much. But yeah. no, any opportunity I've had to see him in any form, I would always go. I think the first time would have been at the Metro in Sydney, I think, mm-hmm. cool. on the first tour. But that's that's the thing I remember most weirdly is the harmonica roadie at yeah. the opera house. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> inside, inside the opera house or outside on the... On inside, the, in one of the smaller one. spaces. Yeah, cool. But yeah, magnificent. And he did lots of songs off this album. And mm. um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I've Sweet. not not seen That's Bright what I was going to ask. George, you haven't seen them? No. I've not seen Bright Eyes. Mm. And I'm gutted because I've been such a fan, like listening... Well, found this album um, and Thieves and Mirrors um, for such a long time, since mm-hmm. 2005, well, yeah. well, since 2003 probably. Um, and uh, I've never had an opportunity because they got so big in the UK that mm. it was basically prohibitively expensive and difficult to get tickets <laughs> for any of the gigs. So um, I've never actually seen them live. Well, desperately wish mm. because I've heard it's a lovely show. And now Asher has proved that it's a great show. Endorsed. Yes. I um, I have to say I just remembered another really special one, um, <laughs> and it sounds like I'm being a wanker now and showing no, off. But not at all. Literally, here's the forum. It's yours, but before, yeah. yeah. So part of my job for a long time was to go to South by Southwest for work each year. No way. And um, you, it's a really intense experience when you're in the middle of Austin working and there's everybody's got their lanyards on and it's all music industry and intense. And anyway, this particular year few of my favourite bands played on the other side of the river and it was just for fans. It wasn't an industry show at all. It just happened to be during South By. And I, um, one of my best mates and I went over and I think it was Casadega, mm-hmm. one of the more popular or more upbeat and optimistic Bright Eyes albums. And they were headlining that show, I think, with Delta Spirit and a couple of bands that I nice. really loved. And 
I remember it being sunset in a park and there was no music industry wankers around. It was just <laughs> bands. And yeah. after eight days of doing that and just kind of schmoozing and working to just be with fans who didn't care who you were, just mm. cared just about the music. music. Yeah. And I remember being really surprised how happy and upbeat and spirited the band were. Like mm. they were re he was an amazing front man, full of energy and vigor. And other shows I'd seen before, not so much, I guess, because the albums at the time didn't reflect that yeah. sense yeah. of joy that this one did. But mm. So when was that? That would have been, I would guess, about 10 years ago. Cool. 10 what was the album that ago. was upbeat? I'll Cas take another. Casadega, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, if I got that one right. Mm -hmm. That's okay. He put out so many things. He's one of those, as you say, prolific artists that it's hard to keep up with. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that memory just dropped in and it was a lovely oh, nice. memory. So thank you. That's for, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for thank sharing. Thank you for That's instigating nice. that in my brain. And also, wow. I've just realised as Grant took that note down with that album title, Grant's left-handed, um, and that was the first exhibit that I've ever seen of that. So I'm sorry that you, because <laughs> I changed things, George. I am about to marry my second left-handed man, so um, I'm clearly go. surrounding myself by the best. Well, that's um, it. That's awesome. Okay, so um, <laughs> watching left-handed people write. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, funny. It's, yeah, it's like watching people really struggle. Yes. <laughs> Standing up. So um, one of the reasons why I love this album is that you can't get away from is Emmylou Harris. Mm -hmm. Now, the process of getting Emmylou to do this album, she wasn't anywhere near um, Bright Eyes when they were recording the album. Right. So they recorded the album and sent it to her. She got into the studio, just recorded her parts on three songs, sent it back. They mixed it in and just went, perfect. Nice. That's, Done. All, that's all they did. Like, nice. So Emmy Lou was never in the same room as Bright Eyes. <laughs> they just uh, mixed her vocals into the tracks and it's come across as a really beautiful combination. So um, she just invented her own harmonies um, and just decided what she was... She just called the shots and they just used everything she gave. Yeah. Which was... Uh, pretty awesome so that's uh, how emily harris got on there because mm. i've been listening to her since i was a little girl and my mother had emily harris vinyl mm. so um yeah so since i was tiny so i got very excited when i heard this album and went oh, it's emily Lou. Yeah. <laughs> got i remember thinking at the time it was a bit like a number one single the other thing was like wow how did saddle creek and bright eyes persuade emmy lou harris to be on their album mm. in my mind they were this obscure indie band and she yeah. was a huge mm. country music superstar. And even stylistically, if you listen how heavy and weird the album was before, it seemed like an unlikely partnership, I guess, when I was reading about it. But as George said, it's pretty magical. Yeah. Worked out well. So Bright Eyes are Connor Oberst, as we've discussed, doing mm -hmm. guitar and vocals out the front. Mike Mogus. Um, so on this album, he does mandolin, pedal steel and string guitar. 12 string guitar and Nick Walcott. So that's the core three, as far as I could tell. So mm -hmm. it feels like they often have a lot of people come in and help them out and do various pieces. But when I looked at the pages, that seemed like the three guys who'd been with them the longest. But then, yeah, lots of people joined in. So Nick, did you say, who did you say from Tilly and the Wall? 
Oh, Needy Jenkins and Jamie Williams. Right. On this album, they've got Nick White, who plays piano, organ, and vibraphone. And he's a member of, the, of Tilly and the Wall as well. Yes. And I have a connection with Tilly and the Wall. There we go. Do you? Because they played, one year they were out for Splendor, and Fastel out of the site that I was working for, played, got them to play a show down at the um, Powerhouse, down in the valley here. Mm. And I was the DJ between bands, so I was on the poster with Tilly in the Wall and we were there together. Oh, nice! There we go. So no. Tilly in the Wall, I Heart Hiroshima, and I don't remember who the other band is. Damn it! Okay. Inclined Blue. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And go. so the three of them, and then you I have was... an eidetic memory. Yeah. Don't you? Not really, but that one was like I was working on the Tilly in the Wall record. Okay. And um, and that came through a weird connection. So yeah, mm. and such a strange band. Like when you were saying, you know, like what? Yeah. A, incredibly weird band and we mm. somehow managed to get them down to Australia and yeah. tour and that was really cool yeah, I even, remember the show even now to this date and we're talking like it's got to be 10 years Alligator Skin by Tilly and the Wall uh, it just makes me so happy that if yeah. I ever need to just <laughs> feel happy I pop it on nice. and, and I can just hear the tap dancing and it just makes me like feel so warm and fuzzy inside so I'm going to play it on the way home I haven't listened to it in over a decade so you've reminded me of something <laughs> no. very joyous well I've never been in a room where three people have heard of Tilly and the Wall before so <laughs> this is awesome and again I feel out like you're picking on me check out Tilly and the Wall they're great <laughs> Another note. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so the album. Oh, you go. I was going to say. So the album we talked about, alluded to the opening track. Yes. Yeah. It's quite an important opening track, don't it's you think? Such an amazing opening track. Whoa. Got so, the double tick. Yeah. Double tick of dreams. Um. So this is a story. Yes. Mm. It is a spoken story for the first <laughs> half of the song. Where he's talking about an impending plane crash. Um, and he even leans away from the microphone at some mm -hmm. point. And you can, you can hear him tip a wine at the start as well. Yeah. You can hear him like he's like you feel like he's just in the studio telling a story. So it's really cool. Sipping a drink, yep, and like moves away from the mic and then it gets to the point where the plane's going down and this guy who's despondent Mm -hmm. um, Such a key word yeah, in the song. Yeah. Absolutely. To this woman who's anxious about flying, starts to reassure her as the plane is going down, and that's when the music starts to kick in. Mm -hmm. Like, so Grant, you'd never heard this album before. Mm. This is the first track that you come into. Um, what's it like for you to it's go? It's just random. That's <laughs> what it is. Like, there's no other. Like, you get, and there's this guy telling the story, and then. It's like, oh, it's your birthday. And, you know, don't be, don't just cool. You know, yeah. Here we go. This is, this is happening. Let's go. So um, double tick on mine. I don't mm. need to look at, at my notes anymore because yeah. that's, <laughs> it was just, I thought it was a really interesting and cool way. Um, and again, perspective, I suppose. Like, this is what you start listening to this and this is what you're going to get. So mm -hmm. I think um, there's no, um, there's no mincing about what what you're in for. This is going to be a journey. Mm -hmm. for mine. Couldn't be a track two, could it? No, no. I wouldn't have <laughs> not, suggested not with the so. Story no. the start. Maybe no. just the maybe the music, but sure. On its but own, but with you the lose story, total you context. Need, yeah, or the story. Like, need, the music needs the story to start off with. Yeah. They did say, Asher, the one right up to the, this was the the album before this opened with a spoken word in starting as well. Did it you? Did yeah, yeah. lifted. I don't remember the name of the song, but mm -hmm. I do remember that being part of it and. Vaguely think I put two and two together when it 
came to that yeah. moment. But when mm-hmm. you hear this song at the bottom of everything for the first time, it, like it really has an imprint on your soul. Mm. And everything about it is fascinating and surprising. Like, mm. what do you mean? What yeah. do you mean you're doing yeah. that? Like, huh? All the way through and it ain't just, wow, I, I was completely hooked from mm. So the lyrics when he, uh, the music starts are where she says, where are we going? And he looks at her and he says, we're going to a party. It's a birthday party. It's your birthday party. Happy birthday, darling. We love you very, 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 very much. Mm-hmm. Which is like a really warm and loving thing for a stranger to do for the mm-hmm. woman who's panicking beside him. And that's when the music kicks in and you're like, oh, um, it's just really nice. I just thought it was really lovely. It's, and then it's like finger picking, just solid Americana. Yeah. And his Brooksy, voice. Bluesy. Yeah. Mm. Very Dylan esque, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. Once sure. it kicks in. It's yeah. Just, See, yeah. When I heard this album once ages ago, I said to a friend of mine that I thought that there was lots of really Bob Dylan esque moments in it. And she said, no, she didn't agree. I was like, I'm sure of it. So I'm glad Certainly that you. Definitely in that. Yeah. yeah. That definitely in that, that song. song. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things where it's and he does it all the way through the album where he's able to mix the personal and intimate with like little short sharp political things like mm-hmm. not there's not one song necessarily maybe a couple that are like one just the political song but even the songs that are very political are also mixed in with the personal as well like, and this album this song is like a perfect example of that right off the bat like when he says while my mother waters plants my father loads his gun mm-hmm. it's always, an exceptional lyric isn't yeah. It? yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, he's, yeah, he's obsessed with his parents as well. And that idea, I don't know if his parents are actually like the way they're portrayed in yeah. his album, but that it's idea just... of just, they're, they're this perfect conservative America where they think they have these ideals, but they don't actually live their ideals because they couldn't possibly, and it's all just a little... And, in, yeah. and later in the album, the refer- he references um, living their almost God-fearing lives, but living in, in separate houses. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. well, he talks again. about God, and he talks about, he talks about God in this one. And he talks about God again, and he also talks about holding a Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, I think that's in uh, Lua, maybe. Um, but it's post nine eleven Iraq mm-hmm. War, as you said, they were doing the tour for change. Yeah. So it's got all of that juxtaposition of um, personal mm-hmm. and political, and, mm. but in such a clever way. Have you seen the short film that goes with it? So they didn't release it as a single, but they made a short film to go with oh. the song. If I have not for a long time, okay. I don't remember it. So it's basically the story of the clip. There's a woman in a plane and she's really despondent and then she's sitting next to a guy and he's ignoring her and then the plane starts going down. But the woman is played by Evan Rachel Wood, now of giant super Westworld international fame. Mm-hmm. And the man is Terence Stamp, who's like I this older actor from like the 50s and 60s. So I hadn't, when I had it in my head, I was like, Evan Rachel Wood, yeah, I can see her. But I always thought it was like a good-looking guy, like about her age sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But this is like there's a sure, massive okay. age difference. So she looks like she's about 19 yeah. and he looks like he's about 50. So he turns to her and does all the, all the motions from the song and he's comforting her. And then the plane, so the plane goes down, but it's like all claymation animated style things. And they have like lots of splashing and like little pieces of cardboard that go flying off and stuff. But everyone else on the plane starts hugging and laughing and smiling and they cut to people singing the lyrics to the song as well. But it's like in the moment of panic when you think you're going to die, all these people don't, you know, go to their worst impulses. They go to their best. They start smiling. They hug each other. Some of them kiss and start making out and stuff. But it's away from that idea of like in your, in your final moments, you'll punch someone in the face and you'll try and, you know, you'll do all these bad things you never got to do. It's like in your last moments, maybe you'll celebrate life. And it's just really, it's just really so nice. Cool. It's really cool. 
I didn't know it existed till yesterday oh, when, I, when cool. I looked it up and it was like, oh, yeah, that's that's because it wasn't a single. So I thought sure. if it was, had a video, it would have been a single, but it wasn't a single. Um, but yeah, really cool video. So everyone should check that out. Um, also on this song, Kim James is, is the backing vocalist from My Morning Jacket. Yeah. So I think that's another one. We've had some of these albums before where like a band from a record label will go in and all the people from the record label will just be hanging out and around and they'll just ask someone, hey, you want to come in and do some backing vocals on this song for us? So I feel like, yeah, that was one of those situations where it was, oh, Jim James in the studio today. Let's just get him to sing harmonizing with me for three lines. It's really cool. Like, why not? Why not if he's mm. there? Half of them own the record label anyway, yeah. so mm-hmm. they might as well get together. Um, but then we move into the nice slow waltz. A waltz of We Are Nowhere and It's Now. Mm. So um, there is, I put exclamation marks against Amy Lou, harmonies, um, trumpet, mandolin, piano tinkles. Um, <laughs> like I got very excited. So um, Ashley, for your purposes, when there are certain things that happen in a, in a song, I get very excited about that like, hand clap for mm-hmm. harmonicas. Um, so I do a good exclamation mark next to it. So um, this one had quite a lot of the things that are mm-hmm. on my list. Mm-hmm. It really did. Yeah, for something which was like just a paired back waltz. Um, so that's, and the two, the harmonies on the chorus, um, the two vocals work perfectly together on that one. So um, there's like, basically, I wrote a lot of lyrics mm-hmm. for all of this album yeah. <laughs> and I had to rein it in because yeah. it got a bit too When we get to songs later on, I was like, I just want to put, I just want to do the whole thing. Can I just play the song mm-hmm. in the episode? Because it's just all amazing. Absolutely. So there's a bit where Emmy lose things with him. In like a 10 minute dream in the passenger seat of the world So there's a few occasions where he's referencing like touring mm-hmm. and like being away. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's your own fucking fault for being in so many bands <laughs> and putting out so many albums, to be fair. Um, You've created this. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so we are nowhere and it's now. Mm. Like, it's got a little heart from me. It's, it's really soft for most of it. So when the heart of it, when he becomes more plaintive and lifts his vocals up, it's really noticeable. And that's like my favorite parts of the song mm-hmm. because it's just like, it's like that you, you've added that extra crunch. Like it's just the contrast from what was the rest of the song was, the context was real. The texture was really cool. That's so when really he says, out. I've been sleeping so strange at night. Yeah, that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just it lifts just picks up. up and like, oh. that's a composi- the musical composition on the song is awesome. Mm-hmm. It really is nice. But tell me if, and I, I, I waited for Liam, what's the Yellow Bird reference, please? I don't know. Don't know. Asha, he come on, Asher. The yellow bird a couple of he times. Talks he about does. It a few I made a note in. Hang on. In Passion Oak. Poison, Poison Oak. Poison Oak. Oak. My, my handwriting is. See, this is why. This is why I type my notes. <laughs> no, that was poison. It was always poison. So in this one and Poison Oak, there's the yellow bird. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. I'm not sure exactly what it means either. I was listening to a podcast specifically about this album at work today Stop trying it. to get up to it nice and um i heard them mention it and then i had to go into a meeting so oh, no. i was probably <laughs> five minutes away from being able to answer your question can but... i propose what it's about yeah even though it might not be yeah. um accurate yellow bird being a canary canary in mines in the old days were used when there was gases and when the canary went 
you needed to go like yeah. if the canary pegs first there's a gas leak down underground in the I mines you're right yeah and you better move your ass because you're going to pass out and die down there if you don't go so that was my only thoughts around it. That's mm -hmm. true, because in and Poison Oak, he says, did you forget your yellow bird? You How see, did you forget your yellow bird? So if you were going on a mine in the old days, you took this little buddy with you, yeah. and if that thing goes, you're in trouble. Yeah. So. And for the record, by the way, I looked at the my notes for Poison Oak, and I actually don't have those lyrics written down. I just remembered them. Yeah. So there you go. I was just like, I've known this album inside and out for such a long mm. time. This song really brought out the guilty pleasure idea of music for me because I had always kind of put off my deep love for country music, calling mm. it roots music or Americana or alt country. Uh -huh. I'm like... Alt country is a big one I love. I, I don't like... <laughs> I used to say I don't like country music, but mm. I like alt country yeah, or Americana yeah. or roots music. What a load of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a pure country song mm -hmm. with Emmy Lou, the one of the queens of country music, singing such an incredible harmony. It's like... If I love this, I love country music. Mm. What am I trying to say? I just need to. <laughs> and why does not... it matter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, but when but when you're young and you think you're cool, yeah. maybe that's the label. Rules. That's that, the label. Yeah. Old country is that it? Yeah. Old country doesn't mean anything. It's just a way of saying pretending you're too cool to like real country, like just yeah. country, proper just, country. It's yeah. like country music. It's you don't have to like all of it. You can wrong? still think yeah. some of it's bad and some of it's good. Yeah. It's true. It's like how Laura Marling is new folk. Yeah. And, and you, new folk, uh, yeah. rather than just going, she's a folk artist. Yeah, yeah. For goodness sake, you have to be new folk because yeah. you can't be folk anymore. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that yeah. makes it interesting as well. I do love nerd, cool music people like, you know, the, yeah. the, the record store that you would visit and all of the snobs and the high fidelity mm -hmm. thing. I love that about music. I <laughs> love that those people exist. But <laughs> in my 50s now, I can admit that I do love country music. Yeah. Nice. I remember when I was Good. in my hardcore punk days, I was like, I like everything but country except for Dolly Parton. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, now I love country. Dolly Parton's like the best person in the world. Yeah. She genuinely is. Yeah. Like, if she ran for president, yeah. she actually would get in because no Democrat would vote against her because she is basically a Democrat and no Republican would because she's Dolly Parton and she looks like a gun-toting Republican. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so I love country. I love most genres i don't believe everyone i don't believe anyone when they say i like all genres no because mm. that's not a thing nobody likes <laughs> all genres and i always call them out on it um, but i do i am genre fluid <laughs> nice yeah nice. nothing wrong with that um so this album charted i didn't i had no idea it charted this well around the world mm -hmm. so australia got to number 81 um uh, Norway got to number nine. Sweden got to number twelve. UK got to twenty-three. US Billboard got to number ten. The number ten album on the right. Billboard charts. It That's... just doesn't feel like it should be that no. at all. It's no. so I wouldn't weird. believe that. No. I bet Emmy Lou fans bought it. Yes, hundred percent. And there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, but then, and all the hipsters bought it. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, it made a lot, like it got reviewed really well. So it was also on a lot of um, year-end rankings for a site. So. Blender, it was number four. Planet Sound, number one. Q Magazine, five. Rolling Stone, eight. Spin, 21. Time Magazine, number 10. And then it ranked number 50 on Rolling Stone, list of top 100 albums of the decade, and number 31 on Enemies, top 100 of the In the decade. 2000s, huh? Yeah. For number From 50. 2000 to 2009, yeah. Wow. So it's just, yeah. I've always, like, I know he's not unknown, like, he's quite well known, but the idea that it would be so well supported and so well loved, it just blew my mind looking back at it now because I never really cared about that stuff when sure. it actually came out so mm -hmm. super cool 
So we mentioned Lua. Yes. Yeah, one of the a... singles, the first single. Oh. Such a weird first single. Like, Acoustic. Am, am I right in saying it was number one in America or is that a dream? Did I, <laughs> I did a dream? dream I didn't, did I make that up? I didn't get to that. I did. Yeah, I'm not sure I didn't I'm write down those sure details. And I did the research to double check. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that that is a true story, which is so weird. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird single. It's like you listen to this album, that is not the song I would pick as the breakout single to try and get people's attention. Yeah. It's so... I would suggest that it's one of the greatest lyrics ever written. Mm-hmm. By Which, anyone ever this you got one in I particular or just the whole song in um well you've got the words there i got i got one yeah i've oh yeah we've, we've all got some grunt yeah. we'll do grunts um because i don't write a lot i've got to in that forgive me when i when i've got to try and decryptographize <laughs> my lyrics and i know you have a heavy heart i can feel it when we kiss so many men stronger than me have thrown their backs up trying to live it. Yeah. Like that, for me, that's the line I was I, thinking. Yeah. Like, wow. I like that. Yeah. I, like I, I get tingles. Shivers. I was yeah. like, Whoosh. yeah. Just got so, shivers even talking you, about you, it. This yeah. is one of four songs I cover in an open mic set. Like, for sure. Yeah. Um, so um, it has lyrics... When everything gets lonely, I can be my own best friend. Yeah. Which is crippling. And um, I got a flask inside my pocket. We can share it on the train. And if you promise to stay conscious, I will try and do the same. Yeah. And I wrote down what follows on from that, which is we might die from medication, but we sure killed all the pain. What was normal in the evening by the morning seems insane. Yeah. So he yeah. uses, so he uses that what was normal or what was something in the evening or morning and then but in the later it seems really weird as a referring sort of motif through this song, mm. but even that line about medication and pain, like it's such and a personal the bathroom song. line as well. Is it? What's the going to the bathroom? Uh, yeah, looking skinny like a model with your eyes all painted black. Mm. Yeah, always go. going to the bathroom. Always say you'll be right yeah. back. Yeah, and it I'm doing the same so thing many or something. Pictures, doesn't mm. it? The and whole it, song. You're on the train with them. You're in the bar with them. Yeah. And it it's, takes one to know one kid. Yeah, it's I think it's, you got yeah. it bad. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And she's not even looking at her lyrics. We've long stopped looking at actual words on our pages. Yeah. But the, medi- the medication line is a go at America's system of just throwing medication and, and it doesn't matter if you overdose because we killed the thing, yeah. like the pain. Like It's just such a little thing in there because it's such a personal song about two intimate people. Mm. But he can still throw in a little barb about the system as well on the way yeah. past. It's really cool. Can we jump to my next cover? Um, I was just going to say, like, oh, it's yeah? this whole thing. The reason, the other reason it's so weird is because it's just him and an acoustic guitar with a couple of little pieces on the background, mm-hmm. but it's not a full band song. No. And his voice wavers all the way through it. And it feels like at times, like, he's, he's delivering it so softly that you feel like he's about to break. Like, he's having a, an emotional breakdown as he sings yeah. this song. It's so I, powerful. Real frailty. Yeah. Mm. I literally wrote. Vocals, perfect imperfections, whispered vocals, yeah. sweet and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like along the same line there. Yeah, it's just such sure. a great song. Double tick. Can't imagine it got played on the radio a lot for a first single. Like send it out to the radio hit. stations and go, such a weird yeah, check hit. this out. But um, yeah, such a great song. George, what's the other song from this album that you cover? Yes. Uh, first day of my life. Right. Of course. Oh. So... um. Uh, cool story. Mm. My eldest uh, brother, Christopher, um, when he, he got married for the second time, 
not judging because I'm doing it myself. Um, Done it. <laughs> much better the f- second time. Liam's the only one that's happy. So, no. um, uh, we're we're all happy. We've all, we've all got partners. <laughs> um, Calm down, partners. It's okay. I'm not the only one that's happy. But Jeez. Amanda, his wife, walked down the aisle to this song, First Day of My Life. But the thing is, I was somewhat estranged from them at the time, and they didn't realise that I could play this song on the guitar, but I have to use a capo because sure. it's a different range for me. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I, I was sat there a little affronted that they didn't think to ask me, and I could have done a really beautiful rendition of it, and she could have walked down the aisle to that. So um, more for you, Chris and Amanda, I've never told you before, but you're not listening to the podcast either. Also, <laughs> it was their loss. Thanks. More fool them. I don't think this is a love song. No. Oh, exactly. I don't. No. I think this like, is a love song. No, this is, this is the this great, is... the great pantheon of songs that sound like love songs. Yeah, and they are not love songs. This, this. this I looked at the lyrics like, no, no, this is. He he is not sure what he's doing here, and he's take like he's just like. Yeah, like it's not that he hates the person; it's just that he's not in love with them. He's just gonna go well. I'm just gonna see what happens. It's it's fine. I feel we'll like he's more out. like uh, worried that they don't like him back because the closing lyrics are, besides maybe this time it's different. I mean, I really think you like me. Yeah. So yeah, but I, think... I don't think he likes her that but much. Correct. I, I think he's like, well, I'm happy to be in it because of this time. I think you really like me, and maybe I'll come around to liking you. Oh, fair is the way I took that. But it doesn't but... feel like uh, Asho. You were shaking your head, you know? Oh, I would just, for me, it was always the most traditional single-sounding yes. song that I yeah, think he totally. ever wrote. Like, it just okay. felt like a song that you could see why people would yeah, fall in sure. love with it. And yeah. it's fairly easy to access emotionally. But I tend to agree. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than meets mm. the eye but from his perspective. Twinkly, really pretty guitar. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree. Um, and that slidey, lovely bass as well. So it's simple but effective. Yes. And so effective that it made its way onto everything. So it was in the 2007 film Elvis and Annabelle and The Bubble, featured an episode of Chuck on NBC. It's been, been used for multiple commercials, including for Zillow and Citibank. Uh, it's been used on Netflix, Atypical, Showtime, Ray Donovan, and the CW series Roswell, New Mexico, multiple times. So yeah. Lots of people pick up that quite straightforward song construction. And go, yeah, we can use we can use sure. part of that. And also, um, music video displays a variety of couples as well as seeing people wearing headphones and sitting on a couch. And it receives a special recognition in the 2006 Glad Media Awards due to its inclusion of gay and lesbian couples. So, cool, nice one. Good work. But it also said, "Yours is the first face that I saw." I was blind before I met you. That's pretty special. That's really cute. <laughs> Isn't that it's quite super, a line? It's super cute, yeah. <laughs> so These are poets. I mean, yeah. like in no uncertain terms, this guy's well, really yeah. um, is, is an absolute for mine. Um, really, he's put a lot of thought into these lyrics and he is a poet as far as I'm concerned. Just mm-hmm. unreal. Any other favourites of yours that you'd like us to? I visit? love We're another time traveling to hit all song. Like yep. there's a rockabilly song on the record. Mm-hmm. Another traveling another song. Another pure country twang. I and wrote country bumpkin. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wrote. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Sounds like it's got the stand-up bass and it just grooves that song and it's a probably a little bit of a relief from the intensity and darkness. Yeah, of sure. the rest Of the record with mm-hmm. a sense of fun mm-hmm. 
And whenever I hear that, it brings me joy. And yeah, it's in a nice different one. Place, yeah, Even though she's actually whinging about touring. Yeah. That the sure. whole song <laughs> yeah. is actually about touring. Yeah. So he um, sings in harmony. So I go back and forth So that's like, he's all over the shop, but he has to get to another gig. Um, but there is organ, drums, the pedal steel, bass, um, really jolly guitars, and two drummers on this one. Okay, nice. Which is nice, um, plus Eni Lou. So yeah, um, back again as well, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> with uh, the full band does the outro for the final 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that's mm. a really nice way of like going boom. Because you need that before you go into Landlock Blues. Yes. I think that, that idea of like that slight breath of air before yeah. you head into the final yeah. three is very important. Because it's, yeah, it's only, going, it's only getting more tense from here on out. But yeah, but it's such a great, fun country song. Mm-hmm. And you have to admit you like country yeah. when you listen to the album. Yeah. I've done it publicly. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We've committed there we it to go. record. I've outed myself. It's outed himself, yeah. yeah. And isn't That's it liberating? Okay. Right? I feel liberated. There I'm we go. Freedom yeah. in acknowledging and being in your own skin. You know? Exactly. There's a song by the Cunning Crows, oh. not off August oh. and everything after, called uh, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. It's a great and, song. And musically... It, I think that this song actually sounds like really quite a bit like yeah. like nice. that. So I was like, oh, no, there's a familiarity about this. And yeah, it is. So So the next track... Landlock Blues. ...is mm. something else I cover. Oh, oh nice. Um, Great with, poetry what do you do for the again. Part? What do you do for the trumpet part? Yeah, so I don't have <laughs> um, trumpet or a vibraphone, um, but it's just a really fun song to cover um, because it's got uh, lyrics in it and the moon's... Playing low in the sky, forcing everything metal to shine, and the sidewalk holds diamonds like a jewellery store case. They argue, walk this way, walk this way. And I love that imagery. And every time, when I first heard it, I remember like walking down the tarmac in the uh, rain, and I looked down at the tarmac like on the pavement, and there was like some of it glistens. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's looked down and turned that glistening into diamonds and like just thought, what a poet, as mm-hmm. you said before. He's a poet, for sure. Oh, an absolute poet. But then it's contrasted with, we made love on the living room floor with the noise in the background of a televised war. Mm-hmm. So this is the, this is that perfect example of him mixing the intimate and the personal with the big picture and political stuff mm-hmm. all the way through this song. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. But and his voice is crackling, but mm-hmm. it's a really nice melody. It's another one with Emmy Lou, but yeah, so we we do have those extra instruments coming in. The trumpet is So it just great. comes in for one bit. That's the beauty of it as well, is like it's not all the way through, it's just the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Until the trumpet floods in that space. So the first time you hear it, you're like, holy shit, because it kicks in off that lyric about And the whole world must watch the sad comic display. If you're still free, start running away Cause we're coming for you
that snarl and that aggressive where he goes from the wavering voice mm-hmm. into like a like just spitting at people and then this trumpet kicks in and the trump like you i've watched them play it live i watched some videos and it's like the trumpet guy just stands there there's nothing aggressive about a trumpet it's not a particularly aggressive melody either but just the way that it pairs with what he just said makes it like it makes it feel like an attack but it's just after the war reference and it's yes. in, he's playing military trumpet. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So it just feels super aggressive. It's so cool. Yeah. It's like it's a really smart move by the trumpet. Mm. Like just coming in going da 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 da. Yeah. Um and yeah, so it's just smart. Charge. And it finishes off the song with I know I'm leaving, but I don't know where to. So this is his travelling persona of like the touring, but also just wanting to be on the road. And if he stays in one place for too long he starts feeling uncomfortable and he starts fixating on the things that he can't fix and he can't do anything about. So he finds himself more comfortable when he's just moving on and out in the Mm -hmm. open spaces, which is super cool. And, yeah, the next song I cover. How many? You said you covered like three. I thought there were five. Yeah, it sounds like you're young. It's four. It's four. Um, Yeah, so Poison Oak, um, I totally ripped that off as Mm -hmm. much as I can. And because uh, people don't know it, uh, from Bright Eyes, sometimes people are going, oh, did you write that? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'll let you believe what you want to write. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can I confirm no, or deny exactly. your but, question? But, but yeah, so this is another Yellow Bird song, but this is really solemn guitar strumming with solemn reflective vocals, really subtle bass, and those gorgeous lyrics about someone dear leaving. And the absence of them going because of or passing because they couldn't live the life they wanted to live. Mm. Um, and so now he's left with his tearful brother looking after him because he's gone. And it's just a really solemn, beautiful song, which fits perfectly into my set list, by the nice. way. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, so he does say. The end of paralysis I was a statue Now I'm drunk as hell On a piano bench And when I press the keys It all gets reversed The sound of loneliness Makes me happier Which is impactful He's happy being alone He's happier alone Often than actually having people around, which mm. is really cool. Which sucks for him being in 500 yeah. bands. Yeah, <laughs> counterintuitive to his behaviors. Yeah, so he's leaning in to his least favorite things. Um, but there is uh, harmonies from uh, Mariah Taylor on this mm-hmm. one rather than Emmy Lou. Drums, organ, um, there's like a whole full session in the middle, but then it pairs back so it, and gets big again. It's really pretty. Before leading into what could be one of the all-time great album Closes. closing songs. Sure. Absolutely. Road to Joy. Asho, you want to tell us about Road to Joy? Well, it's just, I guess, as you say, one of the all-time great closing songs. Like the album takes you on such a a ride of all different emotions and then you get to that and it's just like, mm-hmm. how do I feel about this? Yeah. And then you start again. Well, I've got a couple yeah, of lines here, yeah, but let's just see if you've got lyric buddies. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe, you, go, yeah. you go, Grant. Yeah. Um, he references no one ever plans to sleep uh, in the gutter. Sometimes that's just the most comfortable place. Like, mm-hmm. right, okay. Nice. Yep. And then right yeah. towards the end, 
because this is E-rated, is that right? Yeah, do e it. For e for explicit. May I? May I do it? Do it. Do right, it. If you don't, okay. I will. So you All right, let's well. do it. He says... Well, I could have been a famous singer If I had someone else's voice But failures always sounded better Let's fuck it up, boys. Make some noise! I'm like, yes, <laughs> do that. Yeah. Here, let's now yeah. go. And um, it's a perfect thing to do at the end of a set. It as is. Well. Like, like when you see that close. You build and you build, and then um, everyone knows it's coming, and it's just this big moment. And, it's just, and the and fans know it's yeah. coming. They yeah. know. There's a video that I saw yesterday of them doing this at one of the folk festivals, and Tom Morello joins them on guitar. Really? And it's like an eight minute version because they give Tom Morello a chance to do a couple of solos on yeah. his own. And then when it's like, make some noise. Tom literally pulls the guitar the cable out of his guitar and starts like running it up and down the guitar and it's just like squealing. It's so cool. It also awesome. connects to the last song on the last record Liquid ah, okay. as well. So yep. in the way that you described the first two songs kind of coexisted mm -hmm. with the spoken word intro, the last song on Lifted is called Let's Not Shit Ourselves. Nice. And it delivers the same kind of surprising spirit and he clearly looks at a body of work and goes, okay, these songs need to perform a role mm. emotionally perform a role in the the way that this one does to send you off at the end yeah absolutely and he also uh references war again so he yeah. says so if you're asked to fight a war that's over nothing it's best to join the side that's gonna win <laughs> which is a fair point yeah in the context because of this weapons of mass destruction let's invade another country rubbish you know and mm. no one's sure how all of this got started but we're gonna make them goddamn certain how it's gonna end yeah like yeah. it's just follows off that it's like yeah it's the it's the iraq war it's all the america all the colonialized Correct. stuff like if you know we followed them in there as well but you know it's oh. all just those things of like yeah do what we say because you, you you know how this ends we, we've shown you how this ends but he's still complaining about his lifestyle so i'm <laughs> drinking breathing writing singing every day i'm on the clock again dude you wrote your own <laughs> ticket when you're 13 what do you expect sympathy is that what you're, you're seeking for all of this acclaim yeah. for being exceptional i think so um there are across multiple bands desperate shouting vocals full band trumpet soloing organ running the keys perfect finisher mm, yeah. yeah and he finishes with the title of the album the last lyric on the album is the title of the album where it goes the city cemetery is humming i'm wide awake it's morning so cool because he opens the album with that as well the mm -hmm. same set of lyrics but it's just so paired so differently it's really awesome mm -hmm. cool we are nearly out of time so actually anything else or anyone else anyone anything anyone wants to say before we get actually to do the final pitch no i'm cool we're all cool Asher, over to you for a final pitch. Why is i'm wide awake it's morning well i think we've summed it up pretty well like for me of this century it's hard to argue that there's many more albums that are better, that are more flawless, that are, have aged so well as well. You know, mm -hmm. it's been out for, what, 15 years now, a bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that, you know, listening to it this morning for the first time in a little while, it doesn't feel like it's aged badly in any way. I think lyrically, even though the lyrics were pointed to a time in American politics that were a certain thing, so many of them are relevant to right now made me feel the same way um yeah like what a poet is he even comparable in mm -hmm. contemporary music like maybe maybe there's a That's couple a of question. people that write words in the same way that make you put you in that visual place like 
he literally paints that picture and you're there almost to the memories of smell. Like, as I say, I would, I would say this would be top three albums of this century comfortably. Nice. And flawless. Cool. And flawless. And flawless. Right? Take that. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. There you go. That's awesome. Grant, mm. final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down for Four Bright Eyes. For a band I never heard before. band you'd never heard before. Mr. Connor Oberst. And I know, know about Casadega? Casadega. Casadega. See? And Des- I, I think you'd like Desperatitos as well. Okay. But um, I might send you a link rather than yeah, write rather, that down. Yeah, rather than me <laughs> trying to write it down, standing up, you talking about it. You nailed the pronunciation perfectly. I, rem- I remember it from, from you saying it, yeah. There so you I'll go. I'll try and be, get it right all the time, yeah. Cool. I lose track of how many vowels and cons. Like, Desperatitos. No. <laughs> no, no. Send his, me a... his, his punk band. Let's just call it his punk yeah, band. Yeah, sure. You can, okay. You can... um, I, was, I was confused and sad and a bit jaded listening to this because this is not a happy album. <laughs> and I was like coming into... And, I, and for, for the listeners... We don't really, I've never met Asha before. We, you know, a couple of updates on Messenger. That's about all this interactions. And having met you, you're like a super positive guy and enthusiastic and zest. And I'm going, how do I align this, which has got lots and lots of sad things in it, and it's a bit dour for me, to to yourself. And, and you've got, you know, listened to it since 2005, with, you know, 17 years worth of um, of joy out of it all, you know, and the, and the the poet in the man is, is absolutely amazing. I've got lots and lots of double ticks here and begrudgingly enjoyed the majority of it. And even for me, from a closer, um, a younger me wouldn't have enjoyed um, Road to Joy, mm-hmm. um, but really enjoyed that. I struggled with Landlocked Blues. <laughs> and and <laughs> Amy Lou is the backing vocalist. Yeah. That and and the the last little bit of old song where I thought that just went on just a bit long with yeah they went wild like at the end it just thought just a couple just a bit too much for me so apart from that really amazing he's an amazing poet and amazing um, artist but I'm gonna say it's not for those two and I'm sorry oh. to disappoint you <laughs> because it's picky I know it's okay. so it's okay it's no but it was it's, re- a, it's, it's a great and I will definitely I will listen. I've said it sometimes, but I will listen to the other ones because if he's got positive stuff, I'll be super, super keen to listen to that as well. Ah. And thank you for bringing it. My pleasure. Cool. George. Um, okay. So uh, I have a flawless shortlist of my Spotify and I was going to nominate this album. <laughs> so I am thrilled and devastated that you got to it first. Um, so since I bought this on release date, and um, to this very day, it's been on a heavy rotation. Um, wow. I have a folk Americano country playlist, which is about eight hours long, and basically this entire album is on there amongst other greats. So that's awesome. Um, I've covered, as I said, four of the ten tracks at gigs and open mics, but I use a capo because um, I... That's fine. a different range. Yeah. Um, so Connor is a musical genius who places the best musicians on the perfect tracks. Bringing in Emmy Lou was next level. <laughs> I grew up Aww. listening to her 
No tracks, I believe, are overdone. The sparse are perfectly placed. It's an emotional ride with love, life and travelling. His guitar is so beautiful and his perfect vocals are perfectly imperfect. I'm sorry I didn't bring this album myself, so thanks to Astro for doing it for me. So She's reading a declaration, by the way. For me, this is definitely <laughs> exactly. a flawless. Thank you. There so, we go. Liam. Yes. Oh, um, <laughs> there we go. Well made, you cringe, Grant, because yes. I don't know why this wasn't on my list of short, shortest oh, albums to nominate. <laughs> as soon as you put it in, I was like, "That's right, I fucking love that album." Where the hell have I been? Like, I, it must have just drifted out of my play, out of my listening habits. But because I've been listening to Connor heaps over the last few years with his solo stuff and his stuff with Phoebe Bridges, the Bitter Oblivion Community Center, which was really cool. Yeah, amazing musician, amazing poet brilliant guitarist i want to see him again now because back then when i saw him i don't think i knew what i was looking at i don't sure. I, I would love to see him again now knowing what i know about how yeah. he plays and the stuff that he does because i definitely wasn't in the right place to you know i knew he was great just watching even just watching that but um landlock blues is one of my favorite songs like oh! all-time favorite songs i will always all-time love it. favorite yeah, i love it so much across Same not just his not yeah. just Across, nah. yeah. If I had to do like a top oh, ten man. songs, which I would hope no one ever done, oh, does, because yeah. it would be too hard. But that's one that jumps straight into mind. So I hadn't listened to it for ages, and I was like, "Yeah, why is this on my short list?" Listen to it all the way through. I'm like, "Yeah, that's that was." Oh. I still remember that being as awesome as it's as awesome now as it was back then when I first listened to it. And yeah, I think it's flawless. And so you did mention Phoebe Bridges, which I had meant to mention earlier, and of the influence that this album has had. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the most impactful, defining artists of the last decade is Phoebe Bridges. And I'd be very surprised if you said to her, what's your top five albums of all time, that mm-hmm. this wasn't in it. So yeah. mm-hmm. you can see a real direct lineage from yeah. Connor Oberst to Phoebe Bridges. And I know they're mates and mm-hmm. have been connected and played in bands together. But regardless of that, the musical connection is yeah. clear. Yeah. And um, she's killing it at the moment. Yeah. So. Cool. So couldn't quite get it across the line, but thank you very much, Asho, for coming thank along you, and, and sharing it with us. Two out of three. Two out of three. I know I've got to live with the guilt now. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening. We have social media. We are Flawless AMP on Facebook and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> not LinkedIn yet. Not LinkedIn yet. Yes. I, always not? Do, I always do that because my work is Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So it's here on Flawless with Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we are Flawless AMP on all of those. So check us out. Give us a rating as well. Check out our show's Footstorm music. Correct. It nearly, nearly went wrong, but I got it right. Um, so check that out. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye.